Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Ira has a thoroughbred gelding, um, and you've met him at one of your clinics at Swan Hill. Um, She has a problem with him at the moment in the arena. He's fine. She rides him in a halter and going well but when he has a bit in his mouth he shakes his head she's happy to keep using the halter in the arena but you didn't quite finish off this question Ira so I think you wanted to say you're wanting to start to ride him out on trail rides have you got any tips to help him accept the bit well it's um I, I remember the horse yeah and we, we worked in the hall because that was the easiest way to to, to what, what I found um it was the best way to get him to understand pressure and be comfortable with it because he had some old baggage with the bit, I suppose, and or it, it never quite got finished in the sense of he never got comfortable with the bit. Um, and so, so we went to a different tool that was um, a little... Well, most horses are familiar with a holder because I've never had a horse at a clinic turn up without a holder on, so... As far as I see it, most horses are fairly familiar with a holder because that's what people catch their horses in and, and do their basic stuff in. So putting him back to a holder was a little less pressure on his mouth and, and he started to soften. So what's happening, he's getting comfortable in that, but he's got to get, if you want him comfortable in the bit. Now, if you, I'm going to answer a question that I know is lingering in your mind that wasn't quite in the, in the question, is you might think that you might be safer riding him out in a bit versus a halter and I guess that's why you're, you're wondering you know about that as well now now there's no more safety in a bit than a holder riding out in the paddock in some respects if a horse is frightened at the bit you're more dangerous riding a horse out in something that it's that's fighting and it's causing anxiety because you're just creating too much anxiety so technically you know this old idea that a bit will stop a horse um, if a horse is panicked and frightened of something in their mouth, they'll kind of run through it. So, so in that respect, a bit is no more safer than a halter. Um, but a halter or a bit that the horse really understands can equally be as safe. Um, either way, before you ride him out, if you're going to start to ride him out in the halter, I would have stepped him up a little bit. So, and... Um, I would, I would get him to a stage that you can push him up and bring him back, push him up and bring him back. So he's been exposed to that bit faster. You know, you've at least got him up to canter. You know, you, you, you've got to have your horse exposed to a bit of stimulant where the horse is moving faster and then coming down and quietening, moving up, going faster and then coming down and quietening. Instead of just sort of poking him around going, he feels really soft and then getting him out and all the adrenaline comes up. So you, you, you do want, want to ride your horse in that safe environment where you've pushed him up a little bit and you know that he's not going to suddenly get to a certain point at canter and get all funny and you know carry all this extra anxiety and, and um, so, so you want to be working on that um, and also see if you still got responsiveness so if you're sort of going fast at a trot and you take up on the reins he kind of slows down nice and then he can back up without all this sort of suddenly feeling like he's gone from soft to really bracy so that's what I'd be looking at too um, before I rode him out for instance in a holder and, and, and make sure he's, he's following the reins nice, backing up nice backing up under a bit more pressure turning, you know, 
a little bit you know quicker I'm, I'm not just going nice and slow on the turn I'm actually picking up the rain just a little faster can you follow it a little faster things like that um, are, are really good to, to, to expose him to before you go out in a holder um, but to get him used to the bit um, I would treat the bit as you know put the bit in his mouth uh, without reins on and I just let him carry the bit for an hour or two before I go and work him you know in a safe yard that he's not going to get hooked up in or something like that and I just let him carry the bit, even just eat a bit, a little bit of hay or something. So he's just chewing the bit and chewing the bit till he just gets over the fact that the, the bit's just been put in his mouth. So take that sensitivity away by by just exposing him to the bit for a bit longer before you work him. And that's what you do with the young horse. Then um, the other thing you could do is ride him for a few days in the halter with the bit in his mouth. So he's got the bit in his mouth, but he's still softening to you, and he knows the bit's in his mouth, but he's still backing up soft to you because he's listening to the halter. So get him doing those basic turns and backups and things that you're doing while he's carrying the bit. And then um, you could start to integrate the bit back in. Um, you know, once upon a time I used to ride with a bit and a halter and then after a while I just went back to a safer yard and, and told him that I'm going to just gently commit to the bit. So I go into a safer yard that the horse doesn't have strong thoughts. Uh, smaller area so so all I can do is teach them to back up and steer and they don't want to be over there somewhere um, and then I would just work on all the things you've been teaching him in the holder and if he starts to shake his head just gently put a little hold on him and, and not, 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 not go and attack him but just let him kind of shake a little and then if he shakes he's going to push a little bit and he's going to feel a little more pressure and then when he kind of softens a little just loosen up and say, oh, there, you found a bit of softness there. Even if he just softens in the jaw and he doesn't back up, just to get him to kind of go, oh, oh, okay, I can just relax into that. And that, that me shaking, it's not taking it and making it go free. Um, if you, if that little hole's frightening him, then, um, then, then you might have to just kind of let go of that hole. But I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to say, can I do this? So that's why you've got to have all the other things working really good in the holder. So he's not like a rearing horse that's, you've got that out of him um, otherwise you know so the two reins that's what happens with two reins you want to hold till he stops you know fighting it but if you think he's got a little too much fight with the two reins first in that small yard you can just slide down and I just pick up a rein um, and just and take a bend and trying to get him to think and bend and steer across and just do that slide down a rein pick a bend up turn him in a new direction and just keep doing that time after time after time and about after about 50 or 60 left rein turns and right rein turns you feel him start to kind of sort of bend and, and come in and around the turn and he start to yield with that rein and then once you start to yield and softly bend in those turns and, and not fight it as much then you might start to close two reins and say now I'm just going to close and just back up a step technically he's already knowing how to back up so once he just yields to those reins um, but the rein is a pathway you don't want to be kicking him up and saying, now slow up. You don't want to be doing that with him. You want to lead him into something with the rein. So the backup, you'll lead him into a backup from a standstill. You'll lead him into a turn. He could be walking, you're not, you're not, but you're not kicking him up to go fast and then going woo back or turn and come back. You're just leading him into a movement with the rein. The more the horse can lead into a movement with the rein and, and those reins create movement, the less the horse is going to fight. But if the horse is rigid in their body and, and not knowing they can move their feet and think, in, think into a turn and balance into a turn, then what's the alternative? When you're rigid in the body, you're just going to fight in your head. Okay, so um, you've got to really think about leading him into his movements.
Okay, the next um, couple of questions are a little bit similar. We'll start off with Megan's first. So she has a mare that is refusing to go forwards. Now this happens in quite a few situations. It can be when they're walking out around the paddocks, when they leave the property on the trail ride, so I presume it's under saddle. Um, it can happen out on the trail ride when she's with a group of horses that she knows. Um, she's tried changing her thoughts by moving her feet in another direction, backing her in the direction that she's wanting, asking her to go, and then turning her and walking in that direction. They end up doing zigzags and creeping backwards. It is worse away from home. But what she's wondering is, um, is it separation anxiety or is it that she just doesn't want to go forwards? What else can she try? Well, it, it can be separation anxiety, it can be lack of confidence, it can be I just don't want to leave my comfortable place, which is, you know, goes back to a lack of confidence. Also, a lack of understanding and exposure. You know, if you if you sort of did one thing every day all day long then doing something new would be quite difficult so um, some horses you know some people load them on a float take them to a show the horse is completely traumatized at the show and then after 10 times they wonder why the horse doesn't go near the float or runs off well the horse is starting to say I'm really uncomfortable in that other environment so I want to be in my comfortable environment some horses it's different they've just never had enough time out um, doing things and they and they are more comfortable in this environment so they're not going to you know want to explore out into a new environment or they don't have enough connect like, you know or that you know the separation thing of that connection disability is they're not soft and connected with us enough to feel safe going somewhere with us so they feel safer back where they uh, where, where they feel safe in their herd or in their yard paddock um, so so I, I there is something I used to do with horses, that, and it's hard to know if she's just like freezing and cold-blooded like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Um, you have to work on two things. You have to work on, one, the the reins can, well, three things is how much does she notice you and how much does she listen to you. But in the sense of the basic tools that you'll be using when you're riding, uh, if you pick up a rein, is she dead in it, dull in it, sleepy in it? Does she kind of just uh, heavy? Well, that's not the type of rain that's going to help you get out of trouble or get her to let go of that and go in a new direction. Then you've got to look at the legs and when you bump up and say, or well, use your legs to say move, does she go, oh, oh, yeah, I know, just kind of move along a bit. Well, if they're the responses that you're getting, then really you don't have a lot of tools to even say, hey, let go of that, let's go here, then I'll take you back. So in that respect, there are some horses that I would actually lead away from, and I wouldn't go far if it's, well, you know, if it's separation anxiety, you'll take them away and they'll get really anxious, where if they're just kind of dull and they've got this magnetism that just brings them back to the others all the time, I'd take them away, I'd, I'd put my mounting block 50 metres away from where she wants to be, I'd get on her at the mounting block and I'd go, go, and I'd try to, I'd put the legs on her and say, go fast, back to where you want to be. And as soon as she gets back to where she wants to be, I'd get off and I'd lead her back to the mounting block and I'd go, go, and I'd trot her back to where she wants to be. Now, why I'm doing that is because if she's one of those horses that have learned to dull out to things and not respond to the legs, then you don't want to be going anywhere without tools. So I'm, I, I don't want you to think, oh, I want to go over here and she wants to go over here because you've got... Um, 
you got too many degrees of separation so so basically and it's, it's what happens a lot in, in clinics as I see people is the more the horse wants to be stuck at the gate the more the person seems the seems they feel the need to want to be away from the gate <laughs> because the horse wants to go to the gate we want to do the opposite and that's 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 the two degrees of separation that um, you don't you, the horse has already got one degree of separation you don't want to separate yourself and go oh, I don't want to go over the hill because you want to be over there so I say actually she doesn't steer very well she doesn't accelerate very well who cares where I want to be let's just work on those things right so because um, the more you try and think up the hill away from her yard the more you'll get frustrated and the less patience you'll have for rewarding the correct responses yep. okay so so I'd say I'm just going to lead you up to the mounting block and I'm going to get a good acceleration back to the others because she goes oh well that's good I can at least go that way so you're trying to get her to go fast towards the thoughts so when you squeeze she goes I know what that means because she's probably had I don't know who knows who know how, how you know without having a, a clicker counter on your horse how many times has your horse evaded your legs and how many times has it responded some horses spend their whole life doing 60 50% evasion 50% mediocre responses so really that would be 70% evasion 30% half good responses so that would be 80% <laughs> evasion so if you just look at that so how many good responses does you know the percentage of positive responses that your horse does to your legs and your reins versus negative responses so your job is to work out how can I stack up maybe 200 positive responses well, it's going to be a lot of getting off your horse, going to the mounting block, squeezing and getting that horse to go, legs mean go faster, legs mean go faster, not legs mean, oh, she wants me to go up the hill, I'm going to knuckle down and I'm going to fight the legs. So if your horse does 100 or 200 transitions that were the same, they sometimes start to lose that idea of, I used to do this, or... Mm -hmm. I used to do that or I can't remember what I used to do because I've scattered so many positive ones. So you could you could use that tactic a little bit and I have done that with horses that are real stoic and they just kind of just plant and they don't want to go somewhere. And then what I've done is I've trotted them there and then I've felt a change in them where their, their momentum and their thoughts are travelling forward and then I've just deflected them just about when they've got near where they wanted to be and you'll feel them go off in a new direction and they'll just wander off in a new direction. With you. With you and, and they'll just take off in a new, like not take off, but they'll just go off in a new direction. And as soon as they start to get a little stuck a little bit, then I'll turn them back for home and I'll say, let's go fast. And they'll kind of go home and then all of a sudden that life will carry through and that bit of desire and then all of a sudden they'll be starting to bounce in new directions. So that's something I'd use on some cold-blooded horses, and uh, but I wouldn't use that on the super forward anxious horses that have just got separation anxiety and plant and want to be home because you turn them and zoom them for home, they'll, they'll take off on you. Mm. So you would not do it on those horses. Um, but that is another helpful tool. And once they've got a bit of impulsion, the other thing is in a calm environment, like I would, I would go to the, where the horse wants to be and I would not want to be anywhere else. Where she, where she wants to be is where I want to be. That's what you've got to think about. And and I'm happy here. If you want to be here, I'm happy here. Because if you don't let go of your destination, you don't have the patience to help, help her to get to the spot that she needs to be able to take you to where you want to be. So um, I'm happy right here where you want to be. So if we're going to stay here, I'm going to teach you to follow that rein until you can follow that rein. 
and, she, and you might hold and she's going, oh, what's she want to do? As soon as she yields softly to that rain with the thoughts, you relax and go, there it is. And you just keep doing that. Now, after all, the mare will go, well, she doesn't want to take me over there because I know she doesn't want to go over there because she doesn't feel like she wants to go over there. She just wants me to follow this rain just here. And when she gets rid of the idea that you're going to take her away, she'll start to follow the rain. And when she starts to follow the rain in that area, she'll be so busy thinking about following the rain, she would have let go of her degree of separation, which was, I'm there, not underneath Megan. So once she's let go of that, then all of a sudden you'll steer her and she'll start to walk up the hill. And I think if you see it like that and treat it like that, you'll, you'll have a better response. But, uh, it's actually, before you move on, it's, um, it's something I, I, I guess I wasn't teaching it enough, but I, I started to realize, I'd be like, I could see people's expression change within about two or three transitions. And you can see the sort of, you couldn't actually see the smoke coming out their ears, but <laughs> you could see a slight change of expression. And I knew exactly that the person wasn't happy because the person was somewhere else. And because the horse wasn't going where the person wanted to be, they were suddenly feeling that they were failing Mm. and the horse was failing and it was all getting all you know doom and gloom but when I said what there's no cocktail bar up the other end of the arena what makes you want to go up there and they go oh really yeah well there is nothing up there it's just another end of the arena what is the difference between this end and that end nothing unless there's really something up there that you need to go to right now an appointment you don't really have to be anywhere so all you need to be is at the best place for you to help your horse learn something and that is the whole philosophy, I think, of you know taking your horse. You know, you know, some people would take their horse to the gate, make it hard there. A blind Freddie on the hill might be standing there, going, "Oh, look, they're they're doing something with the horse near that other horse. They're making it difficult there." And I'd be saying, "No, I'm not making it difficult there. I'm just saying that's the only place that your horse wants to be. So that's the place we'll teach it how to follow a feel. But you're not rewarding the horse when it thinks away. You're rewarding the horse when it follows a feel." And that's the difference, is you're rewarding every single change in that horse at the moment of change and try, um, not just when the horse thinks away. Um, and that's why that, you know, make it difficult there and easy over there is not the best thing because um, that puts too many degrees of separation because we're thinking over there, the horse is thinking here. Um, you just gotta be happy where the horse wants to be. Deal with the, the things that a horse doesn't understand in its environment and then they'll take you away. Wow, love it. Okay, the last question for today is from Rita. She has been working with her forward mare with leading and following the feel, and she's getting it and freeing up her feet for the most part of it, but she still plants her feet sometimes and won't budge. So Rita's been using the flag to try and break a thought to come towards it and me, but she moves a couple of steps and gets stuck again. Have you got any suggestions? Without being a, um, what's a, a horsist, a racist, a horsist, is that it? Um, fjords, fjords, and, and the people who breed these horses that are really into these horses don't, don't get angry at me. Um, I, I, I think the fjords fit into the category a bit like the halflingers, um, some of the highlands and different, and other also pony breeds, um, that they can be quite stoic. Um, I don't like using the word stubborn because it just puts a bad seed in our 
mind I, I like the word stoic it's like so if they've got a strong intention not to go that way well they might just go knuckle down knuckle down stronger than say uh, an Arab horse will look really crazy and scary and maybe or not saying they'll look crazy and scary they'll, they'll just be um, more emotional about it and they'll be constantly moving and searching where the other one might just go no I'm just gonna cross my arms and go no I'm not gonna do it um, and that's that's what I mean by that that kind of stoic sort of I can put up with this you know I can turn my tail to the cyclone and just sort of you know put up with it um, sort of temperament so um, yeah they can be a little hard to change when they've got a strong thought so where I'm going with this without sounding like a horse I'm just I'm just you know recognizing that there are some horses that are a bit more inclined to shut out than others um, then the flag could be something that you, you the horse will shut out to too so you have to be careful with that so you can start you know moving just popping the flag until the horse goes well now the flag doesn't work the reason why this is an interesting thing the horses that have been driven with a flag if they're scared of it you can use a flag very effectively to get them to search and change though you've got to fix the driving side of it and what they used to think because they're so frightened of the flag they respond because they have escaped from the flag so many times that they believe that the flag could be a threat so they don't shut down to it as much especially the open-minded ones but if you've started a sort of a fairly cold horse with a flag and you've never driven it um, there is a chance that the horse goes what are you going to do with it you just shake it in the air and it never does anything I've never moved my feet away from that flag I've never escaped from it in my life and they will shut it out very quickly and then this is the sort of the hardest thing that some people might have that are used to driving horses and they're changing to guiding horses and they use a flag for awareness it's it's a very fine line of getting a horse dull to it and or keeping them sort of alert to it so um, sometimes when the horse has really got a strong thought to be somewhere else and you're doing a leading lesson and it blocks and you see it block that flag put the flag away or figure out a way that the horse doesn't block the flag that's that's basically what you've got to sort of do because the more you pop the flag and the horse blocks it the more the horse will start to go well it's it's a it's just a it's just a magpie i'm not scared of magpies um, so um, it has to be a little concerned with the flag enough to search so i would not use the flag if i thought i was starting to see that happen or i'd come up with an idea to use the flag in a way that keeps the awareness in it now sometimes using a flag in a way that keeps the horse aware would be using it a little bit but very effectively not a lot not effectively so I might do like something I do sometimes with horses that have got a little uh, used to the person's rhythm and stuff like that as I'll use the flag as a magpie so but the magpie scenario is a bit like um, I've heard someone explain me uh, the exploding box uh, um, not theory but um, uh, and I think Harry Whitney was talking about exploding boxes but one of my student from his years ago mentioned this mentioned it to me um, but I'm going to talk about like a magpies if you're walking down the road texting and just texting away off with the pixies and all of a sudden a magpie goes right over here you'd be like Whoa. but you couldn't see it you didn't know where it came from and it disappeared you'd be like oh and you go back down to your phone again all of a sudden it came from the blue again where'd that come from gee I'm gonna put my phone away and, and be aware 
So that's what I call the magpie scenario, as in, but it's the invisible magpie. So there's no pre-flag cue, there's no anything. The flag just does something and the horse goes, where'd that come from? I don't know what that was for. And it puts a responsibility back on the horse to stay alert. If you were using the flag to say, come on awareness, come on awareness and shaking it every time you did something, then the horse would go, oh yeah, I know that. So it's basically the exploding boxes, the random things that happen that we don't know about or the horses don't know about that maybe, or no, sorry, they know about, but they don't know where they're coming from or when they're gonna happen. Those things um, would keep a person naturally aware and a horse naturally aware. So sometimes you have to use that sort of scenario with some horses um, just to sort of keep them aware all the time and not block out. But what I'm gonna help you with with the brace is if you're not gonna use the flag, I'm gonna ask you to put the flag away and say, let's try something else. So another lesson uh, for horses that learn to freeze into pressure and you know pole pressure or nose pressure is I just stand underneath them and every time I see their feet freeze, I'll just lift up softly, start off soft, but you might even have two hands on the knot and just push up, 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 and the head will go up, up, and they'll start to go, oh, geez, this is a bit of a funny spot here, and they'll wriggle free, and you'll see their mind wriggle free, and then their body wriggles free. And they go, oh, I couldn't really brace there. What were they doing while I pushed my head up? Well, basically, you're just saying, I'm gonna put some feel on that rope until you move your feet. When they suddenly move their feet, then you go, now I'm gonna ask you for a direction, and you might ask them to lead forward again, um, because, a lot of horses get used to this pressure means back, this pressure means forward, oh, I'm gonna lean on that. But then if you do something completely different, like go up, they go, hang on a minute, that's, that's a funny position for me, and then they'll try to do something. And then you just let them off when they try to do something, and then you try again. So, you know, if you're leading along, your horse suddenly freezes and locks up, just go back, lift, and then break free and then good, now let's lead off in a new direction. Don't automatically lead him in the same direction you were going, just in a new direction that's like a 50-50 compromise um, and until they stop blocking. Uh, that's another thing, but be careful because, um, you know, it's gonna be an unfamiliar thing. That, that lesson would also help horses at rear too because rearing horses, um, it's very common that, you know, so you've got a bracing horse, but a rearing horse is a horse that braces, puts it, throws its head up, frightens, and then suddenly, because everything's all locked up, then just suddenly, like, springs out. Um, and a lot of times people sort of use head lowering as the cue to fix a rearing horse, but it's not necessarily the best thing because it's, um, when a horse lifts, they get into a place where they freeze. And sometimes holding them there a little bit until they unfreeze um, can be very, very good at helping them unlock. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mark. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks everybody, thanks Danny. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.